the interwebs. Welcome to season two, episode 20, otherwise known as episode number 45 of the Reverend Babel podcast. This is Cody Kelly. Hey, 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 it's Neil Huntley. And we are so glad that you come back to join us for another episode. Yeah, we're, we're glad that you came back from Florida. Yes, I'm definitely glad to be back from Florida, Neil. The trip was a lot of fun, but I'm definitely glad to be back in the, well, not really a booth. I wouldn't say this is a booth, just back in our uh, office Slash office in Marsh Vegas, our studio. That's the, the there you for. go. The word of the day is studio. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're looking for. Yes. Well, that leads right into what's new with you. So tell us about your trip. What all did you do? What did you see? Where'd you go? Okay. Well, okay. Wow. That's a lot of questions <laughs> at once. <laughs> so I went down to a place called Indian Shores, Florida. Uh, last week, while you and Parrish were having the episode last week, uh-huh. which, which by the way, I, I really enjoy listening to for sure. Yeah, we enjoyed doing it. That was a good time. Parish, you definitely did an awesome job, and you were saying last week, I don't know if you could replace me. I don't know, <laughs> man. You did pretty well, good. He, he he blew me away with his uh, with his weekly score in, introduction, because mm-hmm. even though it was, was cool. a slight delay over Zoom or whatever we were slight doing delay. on, um, what's the, what, what are we using over here? Yeah. Um, our, um, our, um, our, wow, words are hard today. So on yeah, Anchor, no. there we go, yes. on Anchor. Um, but yeah, he, he, he did a great job and we had carried on a good conversation and just like me and you try to set a time, a time limit, we set a time limit and of course, you know, just went right over that. So, right. <laughs> but it was a good, it was a good job nonetheless. So, um, so you went down to Florida. Yes. Um, I'm sure you saw the ocean. You were, you on the Gulf side or the Atlantic side? We were on the Gulf side nice. of Florida. We were, we were down in a place, like I said, called Indian Shores, which is about 30 minutes north of St. Petersburg. Okay. You know, if you kind of want an idea of where that is, it's about 30 minutes west of Tampa. Okay. So if you kind of want a picture of where we were at, we were on that little outlet, kind of once yeah. you get to Tampa, there's like a big old bridge you have to cross to kind of get to where we were at. And mm-hmm. that's why everybody complains about the race games. No yeah. one gets any attention because people don't want to drive across that big bridge to get to gotcha. that part where we were at. But that's the part that we stayed at for the week. We really had a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. Got to be on the beach for a few days. We really enjoyed that. The beach down there was definitely different than like, Oh yeah. You know, the beach down there is definitely different than like going to Myrtle or North yes. Myrtle. Well, even the sand's kind of like a, just like almost like a different type of sand down there. And it? mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's almost like a powder. Well, like that was the point I was just fixing to bring up is that the sand down there does not pack like at all. Really, the only time it does is, you know, when you get into the sand that's like coming in with the tide. That's really the only time the sand even packs together a little bit. But even then, it's not like the beaches around here where you can go to the beach and you can just pack almost whatever kind of sand you want. So the sand was definitely, like you said, very, it was almost like you were walking on the powder, like you said, the whole time we were there. And the beach itself was a lot smaller, like the actual tides of the gulf like you could already tell a difference in the high tide and really the high tide so the strand was more narrow mm-hmm. yeah like the strand of the tide was a lot lower the actual beach itself that we were on was a lot smaller but like the difference between high tide and low tide was only like 15 20 feet. yeah well tide the, the tide in the gulf is completely different than mm-hmm. atlantic because you know it's like and yes we're getting into you know the maritime yeah. and marine biology stuff right now yeah um, how it just kind of go has to go around the peninsula and the way the water flows and all that stuff so it's right it's that's really it's i mean it's of course it's the ocean but it's mm-hmm. a whole different type of you know little atmosphere down there with it being on the gulf side it's a whole different type of way the feel the way the tides work and all that kind of stuff like you said kind of relates to the peninsula and the yep. land around and all that stuff it works you know definitely works completely different but it was definitely cool we really enjoyed it me and my parents definitely enjoyed it because 
that was my and my dad's first time in Florida and my mom's first time in like 30 years or so. So it was really essentially all of our first times, you know, just because, you know, nice. we haven't been there before. So it was really a lot of fun. We enjoyed that. We also got to go to a Tampa Bay race game while right. we were down there. You know, that was one of our things that we wanted to do. If we went down to Florida, we were going to find some form of baseball. We, we weren't sure when we just knew that we wanted to try to find something. And obviously yeah. once we kind of settled on where we were going, we found that the race stage in Tropicana field was only like 30 minutes away. Yeah. So we obviously planned on going on a race game. We saw them cool. play against uh, Kansas city. As you can probably already think, it doesn't matter who they're playing. There weren't a ton of fans there, Yeah. but especially because they were playing Kansas city, there wasn't a lot of fans there either. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what was funny is I think the attendance they said while we were there was like 5,500 oh, and, and, 90-something. And mean, that was like on a Saturday, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, man, that's pitiful. No, it was actually on a Thursday. Or Thursday. Uh, Still, though. I mean, but like a team that went to the World Series last yeah, year. last year. You're just surprised that so few attendance. And like, like and obviously being a Red Sox fan, I've seen games on TV, the, the, the Rays games on TV, so I know how few attendance they have. But when you're actually at that game and you're just looking around and, like, of course, COVID protocols were in place, too, so they didn't have, like, full attendance. Yeah. But even if they did, it wouldn't have been probably maybe 10,000 people, maybe mm-hmm. instead of 5,500. But, yeah. you know, but that's just how the raise attendance has pretty much always been. It was just really weird seeing not that many fans there, like, you know, for a team that's, you know, well, I mean, so just thinking about like, you know, of course you being a Red Sox fan and I mean, just, and me being a Braves fan, I was watching the game last night, middle of the week on a Wednesday and, you know, that was – I think the crowd was right up under 38,000. I mean, yeah. in the middle of the week. Of course, now it's summertime and whatnot. And kids are out of school and whatnot. But still, on a Wednesday game in Atlanta. Right, but still, you have that the, many people. Yeah, with the, with almost 40,000 people there. That's that's, right. that's just – you know that's got to be hard for a team right. to get into. But we won't get into too much sports just yet since we're um, just yes. doing what's new with you. But that's I'm glad you had a good trip. I'm sure you all had a lot of good food too. Oh, yes, for sure. We ate out a lot, obviously, while sure. we were down there. And I don't think we were looking at the – obviously, you know, we would finish our meal and my dad would look at the receipts and he'd be like, oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> yes, just so, looking so at he's like, he's building three times as many cabinets this week. Yeah, pretty up, much, right? okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, but we had a lot of fun. We had a really good time. You know, like I, I really enjoy being on, on vacation, but I think – all three of us can say that we're definitely happy kind of getting back into the normal oh yeah you know swing of things you know, kind of getting back to what we were doing normally and all that kind of stuff i mean you know cuz being on vacation is always good you know but kind of once you get back to the familiar for a little while yeah. you're kind of like okay this kind of makes sense too absolutely for you know, sure man but that was definitely a lot of fun man we enjoyed it good deal for sure man good Oh, and on Sunday, I went down to Tigerville, South Carolina, yeah. to watch uh, Winget play Columbus State in the Division Two Southeast Regional Championship, and Winget won. So, do, do you see the irony in that? I do see the irony <laughs> in that. It's funny. That you went to the school that you were going to go to, and now you went to watch the school that you are going to go to the World College World Series. Yes, I know. <laughs> it, it was so funny, and that was the one thing both – me and my dad were talking about on the way there, and we were like, you do realize what... <laughs> what's going on here, right? Yeah, <laughs> what's going on here, right? And I'm like, yes, I know, and don't think I haven't thought about that, because that's the first, like, 
game I've seen at that stadium. I mean, like, obviously I've seen it before, you know, because... Very nice baseball field. Oh, yes, absolutely, for sure. But that was the first game I'd seen it there. Just the whole circumstances for me surrounding it, it was definitely kind of ironic. That's funny. Getting to see that, you know, and it was obviously pretty awesome seeing we go to the World Series. But again, we'll be talking about that more in yeah. sports. Yeah, yeah. So, man, what's uh, new with you? Well, I, I went on a trip, too, not as long or as far as you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we both put a good amount of miles on on four wheels this week and yes. this weekend. Uh, we went to Amber and I went for our anniversary trip, like we always do, on Memorial Weekend. Uh, we started out leaving the house very early Saturday morning, and I went down to Savannah, Georgia first, which is about four four hours away from, mm-hmm. from Wingate. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a really easy drive, beautiful country oh, back yeah, roads absolutely. for a little bit. And it dumps you right on to 95. And before you know it, you're in, you're in Savannah just because 95 is wide open. And some people think just because it says I 95 means you can go 95, which, you know, <laughs> I don't, um, but you know, you can scoot down the interstate real easily, but it was beautiful down in Savannah. We uh, went and ate at Paula Dean's restaurant down there called the lady and sons. Uh, that was the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. <laughs> oh, I could have sat there and ate and ate and ate, but I knew that I, had a lot of walking to do that day so we did <laughs> so we explored downtown savannah which is you know extremely historical really cool oh, yeah. town it's a really you know the, the, they have a bridge across the river just like charleston does i mean it's almost identical with the looks of it but i would say savannah if you had to compare it which is kind of hard to but like just like the style of town it's almost like a mixture of like a downtown wilmington and a downtown charleston put together okay because it has the cobblestone roads and it has these really steep uh, steps and all this stuff and mm-hmm. it's, it's really pretty um so that was nice to spend the day there and kind of take in that. And that's the, I mean, it's, I thought it was kind of funny back to back weekends. I was sitting in Georgia on two Saturdays in a row, which I thought right. was funny. Yeah. But then we, um, after we, we grabbed a big old slice of pizza at Vinnie Van Gogo's, which is like the premier hole in the wall pizza place down there and ate that on the road. We went back up to Charleston to spend Saturday night, um, and Sunday night in Charleston and uh, where we, uh, we left, uh, Monday morning, came back. But um, we always go to Charleston on our anniversary because that's where we went on our honeymoon. Oh, that's and nice. every five years we'll do something different, you know, like something tropical, something, you know, something random. But all the other years we'll do Charleston. Huh. And so we, of course, ate plenty of good food. Oh, yes. Because um, that's, sure. that's what you do in Charleston. You walk around and eat a lot. Yes. And uh, that's that's why you walk around, so you can eat a lot. <laughs> I think on Sunday, uh, we walked a total, almost 12 miles total, just walking around, exploring wow. stuff. Oh, wow. Taking it all in. Uh, we found this new, it was new to us, breakfast place called Miller's All Day, which is set up like old diner style. Oh, it was so good. Oh, man. Oh, it was so good. And um, we actually ate there for breakfast Sunday and Monday morning. And uh, went to our favorite restaurant, Hank's, on Sunday night for, you know, getting our fish and stuff like that. Right. Went on two carriage rides. You can go on carriage rides down in Charleston. We went to, on Sunday night, we went on a ghost carriage ride, which Ooh. was fun. Because it wasn't really like a, you know, like, say it wasn't like scare winds or anything like that. Uh-huh. It's more so you ride around a carriage and you hear old legends and folklore and stuff like that. Oh, which okay. I, I like stuff like that because it always right. has some kind of sense of history to it. Even though I don't believe in, like, the ghost stuff and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's, it's all, I like to hear how legends are, like, passed down from generation to generation how it kind of changes and stuff like that yeah and of course there's a lot of pirate stories and stuff on there which i think is cool too yeah and uh, then monday morning we went on a historical tour 
where they took us different places on the carriage rides, took us to the and kind of explain and kind of explain like the actual history. Yeah, of yeah, the place. Uh-huh. yeah. They they took us by the old Charleston jail, which uh, well, I forgot what year it was, but it uh, it, was, it was very extremely old jailhouse. Oh yeah, that had no running water in it at all. Never had running water in it. Huh. They used that jail until the 1930s, so that's pretty pretty wow. modern era for using such an old school wow. jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And of course now it's got ghost stories and stuff like that. Right. But um, Cody, if you're looking to buy a property in downtown Charleston, okay. I know a place. It's the oh, really? it's the old city jail. Uh-huh. For, uh, you can buy it for a, a deal, three point five million. Okay, so there oh, you that's go. all. All you need is some running water, and you got you a mansion. Awesome. Okay? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we had a really great time. Um, and to top it all off, I had my last day at work this week. Yeah. Um, it was cut short a little, a little yeah. shorter than I planned. Uh, today's Thursday the third. My last day was supposed to be Friday the fourth, and I um. I guess you could say conveniently slash um, unconvenient. Whoa. (laughs) What's the word? There's another word. Um, Unfortunately, Unfortunately, there we go. You know, just got to keep it honest on here. So conveniently slash and or unfortunately got uh, poison ivy on my arms the Friday before we came to, we went to Charleston and now I'm still getting it and trying to get it feeling better. So um, my doctor wrote me a note, said I had to be out of of direct sunlight for work for the week. And I said, well, you know, doc, that's a little awkward because my last day of work says Friday. He said, well, guess what? Your last day of work was today. I said, okay, okay, (laughs) whatever you say. So, uh, but everything ended on good terms with Wingate. Um, I, I really did enjoy the time that I had there. Every day's every work's going to have hard days. And especially when you're right. working in that atmosphere where you got to get stuff done to keep the campus looking right and looking good. Right. And, you know, Wingate does pride themselves in having a pretty uh, well-maintained campus. Right. And, uh, but I really did enjoy the people that I work with. I'm going to miss, you know, the amigos that I had there working with and cutting up with them every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a it's a good uh, chapter of life that I'm happy to move on from, but happy to look back and enjoy as well. So, right, of course. Uh, but so I have um, a busy summer, and then come late Ju- mid July, I'll be starting at North Point, and uh, it's it's just ramping up from here. So mm. yeah, it's 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 fun, man. It's really fun. It's been it's been a great, I guess, summertime for me so far. So well, well, that's definitely pretty awesome, man, for sure. Like I'm definitely. I'm glad that whole situation, you know, as kind of strange and awkward as it was, I'm glad, you know, all things with Wingate kind of ended on good terms. Oh, yeah. Which is good. And I'm definitely jazzed up for you as you're going into your new job at North Point here next month. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so that'll definitely be pretty cool for you. I know you've been looking forward to it yes. for a while, and I'm sure that you're going to do awesome at that, man, for sure. Yeah, Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Well, well, uh, we, we've talked about ourselves long enough, Cody. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to talk some Jesus real quick. You ready? All right, man. Sounds good. All let's right, do it. Let's get on to the Devo. All right, and we're back. Welcome to this week's Double Play Devo. And for this week's Devo, I want to talk a little bit about team chemistry. Neil. Okay, yeah, sure. You know, like I've said, I watch a lot of sports, never played any official sports, but, you know, you used to play high school football. Mm-hmm. And with both of those pieces of information in mind, I think we've heard the term team chemistry a lot. Yeah, it's ingrained into our, our, mm-hmm. our brain fibers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. It, it's there. Yes, and, for and, sure. And with with you being so much into watching sports and participating in like the stat keeping and mm-hmm. what you're going to do in the fall, and me playing and kind of doing similar things that you did, right? Yeah, I mean, we even use those kind of thoughts and 
ways of thinking in normal life too. So right, absolutely. Real, real life and sports just go right in hand in hand with each other too. Right. So it's just absolutely. kind of more coordinated. But yeah, yeah. I, this I'm I'm excited to hear about this. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, like you've obviously we've obviously heard the term team chemistry a lot, and whenever you hear about a team that wins like a championship, whether it's like high school level, college pros, whatever. There's always some mention of team chemistry at least once. Sure. You know, but there's always some mention of how good the team chemistry was between all the players or the players and the coaches or whatever. You always hear something about how good this team chemistry has been over the course of the season. And team chemistry is a really important part of why teams win championships because if players know what all the other players feel about the situation and they can kind of figure out what the others thinking and just kind of – understand the situation together as a team mm-hmm. same thing from a coach's standpoint if the coaches can kind of get that closeness between them and the players and the players within the other players you're going to have a really good team chemistry and it's going to lead to a lot of good things because you know what some guys are good at you know what some guys aren't so good at and you can learn to work around those to accomplish your goals and stuff right yeah you know, and like that's obviously you know really evident with a lot of sports teams. I just thought this was kind of funny, you know, or not really funny. But I thought this was kind of a cool topic to talk about, you know, because uh, Wingate University's uh, baseball team is going to the College World Series, mm-hmm. which is the farthest they've gone in uh, program history. Right. And I think it's safe to say that even though, unlike years past, I'm not directly involved, so I don't know direct, directly what's going on. But you can just tell when watching the games even from a fan's perspective, you can just tell that the team chemistry with those guys is really good. And you can see that with a lot of other teams that go very far into their seasons, whatever that may be. And plus two, it's like you mentioned earlier, the same thing applies to real life as well. You're working a job with other people. You get to develop, you know, that team chemistry with your coworkers. And that way, you know, you kind of know where they're at. They kind of know where you're at mm-hmm. and what you're thinking and what you're doing. You can kind of help plan to work the best way that y'all can to get your jobs accomplished. Right. And the same thing applies to our Christian lives as well. And that's why it's so important for us to have a team chemistry with other Christians as well. Because, like, there are obviously times where we're just really kind of struggling to understand our situations, or there are just times where we just aren't really feeling it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. But having other people to talk to and having them keep you accountable as well as you keeping them accountable, it's going to help you stay on the right path and strive towards that ultimate goal of quote unquote winning the championship. Yeah. uh So there's a few verses I kind of want to talk about that kind of explain this concept deeper and something else that's kind of cool was our little mental checkup sessions, you know, that we've been having a, a, a few of, and I think we should do them again here in a couple episodes for sure. Sure. But like, um, those kind of mental checkups of how we're both doing, that's one way that we're kind of developing that team chemistry because we're telling each other what's going on, what we're thinking, and then we can use that information to kind of help, you know, to kind of help both of us out in accomplishing what we want to accomplish and what God wants us to accomplish as well. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool. And I thought, you know, that was a cool example of team chemistry in just that kind of Mm -hmm. way. But like I said, there's a few verses I want to mention that kind of discuss this topic a little bit further as well. Okay. And uh, one of them is in the first Peter chapter four, verses eight through 10. And 
there's a few verses and we can kind of read back and forth. I'll read one, you read one. Sure. You can do that kind of thing. Yeah. So First uh, Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, and this is in the New King James Version. And it says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of manifold grace of God. So basically those verses are saying just to love one another despite their circumstances and kind of show people that love. And that's especially the case with other believers because when you see other Christians going through something, you can come up to them and just love them when they don't feel like they deserve to be loved or they're going through something that they don't know what's going on. You can at least be there to comfort them and kind of help encourage them to keep pressing on and going forward. I mean, obviously, you know, spending time in prayer and talking with God and reading your Bible, that's other ways to do it. But as far as, you know, interpersonal interaction with others, that's one way that we can help encourage people to stay on the right path as well. It's just to, you know, kind of help lead them and guide them in the right way. But in turn, that also helps us to stay on the right path too, because we're actively going out and doing that for other people as well. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot. And that kind of helps build the team chemistry aspect of it as well. You know, and then there's other verses that kind of explain this concept a little bit more simply. There's Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. It's a more famous verse in the Bible. I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard this verse before, but Neil, can you mind? Yeah. Do, uh, do you mind reading that? Yeah. Proverbs, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Right. And that pretty much kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. Iron sharpens iron. So when we see people that are, you know, that are struggling or just going through stuff they don't understand, we can help encourage them and bring them back up. But that in turn kind of builds us up as well. That's kind of what that verse is kind of explaining on as well. And that helps build that team chemistry with us and other people that we know. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool as well. Yeah. And there's also a verse that I would like to read that's in Ephesians chapter four. And I think you've talked about this verse a lot in youth group, not as much recently, but I remember we talked about this verse for a few Mm -hmm. you know, for a couple weeks in a row back a couple months ago. Yeah. And, and I thought it was a really cool verse that kind of adds to this part as well. And it's kind of talking about how we all have different things that we're really good at, mm -hmm. but we can all, you know, but, you know, but it's all for the same purpose. You're right. And that verse says, and again, this is Ephesians chapter four, verse 16. And it says from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Mm -hmm. So that's just basically saying that we all have different, you know, we all have different things that we're good at and different things we can do. And we can use those to kind of help build someone else when they're kind of struggling in that area. We can help kind of use that area that we're kind of good at to lift them up, you know, or we can use that area to help encourage them and just learn from that person who's better in that area and vice versa. We can learn from other areas that people are good at that we're not so good at either. You know, like whether it's like, you know, whether it's like encouragement or just talking one-on-one -on -one or talking in a group setting, we can use those different aspects that our people are good at and just learn what that looks like. And then, maybe we'll have the chance to use that in our own life as well when we're talking to other people as well. And all those different parts and all those different things, that different roles that we have are for the glory 
of God, and we can all use those as believers to kind of help build that team chemistry and lead us to the championship. Because you got players on different sports teams. I'm kind of stealing your example here. But, like, it's like when you have a football team. Yeah. Not everybody can be the quarterback. Exactly. You know, because if everybody was a quarterback, there'd be no one to to pass the ball to. You know, same thing goes for a wide receiver. Not everybody can be a wide receiver because there's no one throwing them the ball to catch it. Mm -hmm. So, like, we all have different roles and things, and we can use the things that we're good at to kind of make the team chemistry and make the team a more – we can make that team more effective because we're doing something we're good at, and other people are doing stuff that – good at and when all that comes together we can help bring forth a championship that's right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's and it's like it's kind of like last night at church we were talking about you know we broke down faith hope and love which you know which paul wrote in the first letter to the corinthians but he said in the chapter before that he was talking about the chapter before that that to have unity and diversity you know right how just like just like a basketball team football any kind of sports team the same goes for for a church family for a church body Yes, we're all coming to the same church. Yes, each like if you're on one team, you're all coming to one team, and your focus while on that team is for one common goal, right? Right. But you're bringing different aspects from your outside life to that team to use towards that one goal. Right. So, like you know, just like it, we, I mean, think about a team like I mean, and I hate to keep dogging them, but like the LA Clippers. Okay, they have some outstanding talent on their basketball team you know right on paper looks amazing they don't always get it done though they're of course they're in the playoffs right now might get eliminated we'll get that in a little bit in sports but you know you get to that point where you know if they're not working together right no it don't matter how good they are individually if they're not working together together as a team it's just not going to work out and so you have to use your different you know attributes your different abilities right in a church setting in a team setting to achieve that one goal that you're all heading towards. And this next uh, verse you got on here, I was reading it as you were kind of finishing up your last point. I promise I was listening at the same time. Oh, that's too. okay. But I, we have this on a plaque in our house, Amber and I do, because oh, this, really? this goes right along with, uh, with you know, being married and, and that, that promise you make to your husband or your wife. Right. And, you know, at the very end of it says, you know, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a three fold cord is not easily broken we actually did a th- like a three-fold cord at our wedding you know oh, and that's it's, cool. it's hanging on the wall in our house as like a daily reminder that you know if we stick together and work together and keep god in the middle of it we can't be broken you know right and that's just like a team you you come together with your attributes you come with yours we work for that common goal we're going to get it done okay right. it may not always work out the exact way we want it to but we're heading towards where we want to be so, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. A- absolutely, 100%. I-, I-, I really like this, you know. Um, right, for sure, absolutely. We're, we're, not, we're not meant to, there's no there's no I in team, you know. Right. And, and, you know, there's, there is an I in faith, I will say that, okay. Yes. But you have to have, personally have to have faith. But we're not meant to just keep it to ourselves, you know. Right. So, yeah, I, I love this, man. Yeah, te- teamwork makes the dream work, no doubt about absolutely, that. Absolutely, man. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, man, for sure. And when we have that focus on that team aspect, like you said, instead of just kind of focusing on ourselves, it not only helps us out because we're focusing on others, but it helps us to learn from others as well and encourage them as well to also have that team aspect and help us to strive for that goal of reaching others for Christ and just you know going about life being that example for Christ. That's right.
All right, it is sports time. Time to update y'all on the week that was in the world of sports. This is the, the weekly, weekly score. score. Hey, awesome. Perish he. No, you did better than Parrish. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> no, come on, man. No, you, you, did, you, you did better than him. Yeah, he, no, he, he, a... he's a close second, okay? But he's not He's not the OG. That's right. Oh, so um, let's start out by... I'm sorry, Parrish. Speaking of... That was his words, not mine. <laughs> he's laughing. I'm sure he is. He, he is 90% of the time anyway. So <laughs> um, we'll start out by talking about NASCAR. We had the longest race of the year yes. over the weekend. It's a Memorial Day tradition. It's one of the marquee events in NASCAR Cup Series. And it was the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yes. 600 miles. It's a long race. That's a long race. That's a very long race. And um, – very interesting race this year. We we hadn't had a race with that amount of people, I don't think, all year. Maybe hit and miss at a few races, but it was a really good crowd. Oh, yeah. In Concord. Yes, I said Concord because Charlotte Motor Speedway is in Concord. So yes. just want to throw that out there, too. How confusing is that, right? Yeah. Um, but we had Kyle Larson win the race. Yes. Again. Again. <laughs> um, so we, me and Paris last week talked about how dominant Hendrick's been th- this oh, year. Yeah. Um, here's the running uh, top five. For the uh, Coca Cola 600, okay, Larson, Hendrick Motorsports, right? Chase Elliott, Hendrick, Hendrick Motorsports. Motorsports, Kyle Busch, Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs, yep, William Byron, Hendrick Motorsports, and Alex Bowman, Hendrick Motorsports. So four, four of the top five. We're all so Hendrick so guys. unfortunately they didn't run one two three four this week. Yeah. You know how you know how terrible oh, them yeah, not like, to do oh, that again man, was terrible. to you know, but for the top five, <laughs> Hendrick Motorsports. Um, that you know that's just something that just is mind blowing and. Not to mention, this is the third race in a row that Hendrick Motorsports has won. Yes. So you had um, May 16th at Dover. We had Bowman win at Circuit of the America. We had Chase win because it got rained out. Yep. And then this past Sunday at Charlotte Motor Speedway, we had Kyle, Kyle Larson winning. Um, you know, people knew Hendrick was going to be good this year because of them signing on Larson just because – He's probably one of, if not the best driver in the Cup Series right now. Yeah. Uh, whatever you think about him, put that put that to the side. Skill wise, he's amazing. Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And you know what? You know what he did after he won the Coke Six Hundred? Yeah. He went and ran a World Outlaws dirt car and won that race too. <laughs> so just saying. But staying on the topic of Hendrick Motorsports, this not only was another dominating win by Hendrick Motorsports this year, this was also a monumental win for Rick Hendrick as an individual and as a team owner of Hendrick Motorsports. Um, This was Rick Hendrick's 269th career cup win in NASCAR. That's pretty cool. And that became the most all-time for a team. He passed uh, Richard Petty Enterprises. Um, He he passed the king, Richard Petty, for most wins all-time as a team owner. And I found this really cool story on the Charlotte Observer, which that's not a sentence that a lot of people say. Just saying, yeah. not just because Charlotte Observer can be a little mm-hmm. sometimes. But um, Rick Hendrick once tried to hire Richard Petty to be on Hendrick Motorsports. Wow, that didn't work out. But now he's passed him for most wins all time. There you go. So I mean, it's just a crazy stat to think about. So I guess if we're looking hindsight, it all worked out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Scott Fowler wrote this article um, on Charlotte Observer. Says after Kyle Larson's dominating victory at the Coke 600, Hendrick has now been the car owner of 269 wins at the NASCAR Cup level. Petty Enterprises, which has led in the wins by owner category for 61 years, wow, which also hasn't had a Cup Series victory since 1999. They failed a second over the weekend. So just think about how dominating they were 
pre-1999. Oh, I know. You know, especially with Richard Petty driving the cars, of course. Right. But their last cup win was 22 years ago. And they held on to that lead for that long with Rick Kendrick. And we just think of the drivers that Hendrick's had since 99. He's had Dale Jr. He's had Jimmy Johnson. He's had Jeff Gordon. He's had Casey Kane. He's had a he's had a pretty pretty solid, pretty solid lineup, you know, over the years since 99. And it took him that long to catch up to him. I mean, that's it's it's a crazy stat to think that Petty held on to it for 61 years. Well, that just shows how dominating Petty was, you know, back when they were winning all yes. all those championships mm-hmm. and and races and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a very impressive thing to see, and uh, you know, for Parrish's sake, you know, we like to mention him during NASCAR segment. You know, the the best thing that can happen is uh, Petty ties him this week, and Eric Jones wins. So you know, yeah, who, who, who knows <laughs> that that would be pretty funny if you know he passes oh, Richard Petty for all time wins, and then and then the next <laughs> and race then, is tied back then, up again, and then Eric Jones wins for you know Richard Petty Motorsports. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, you know. Uh, there's Turn. there's a reason why Rick Hendrick's a NASCAR Hall of Famer, case in yep. point. There's a reason why several of his drivers and more of his drivers will be Hall of Famers one day, case in point. Look at what they're doing right now. So we talked about how Hendrick's just kind of had the cars here and there, and you know there's a few times Larson just burns it all up before he gets to the win. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he burned it all up and then some this race and yes. still won the race. He I'm pretty sure he swept the race. Um, all the stages. All the stages. I, 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 I got yeah. to watch the last twenty laps just because I knew good and well not to ask Amber. Could I, can I sit in the hotel room at Charleston and watch the Coke Six Hundred? I knew better than to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we got back and I got to watch the last fifteen twenty laps, and all I heard about was Kyle Larson doing this and doing that. So that was definitely interesting to see, and you know, just outstanding as stat wise, just to see them oh, yeah. winning in the way that they're doing right now. So, Absolutely. you know, last year was the year of, hey, was it Denny Hamlin or Kevin Harvick? Now it's which Hendrick driver won this week, you know? Yeah. So it's it's crazy just how how a year's difference how can How a year can different make, can yeah. just change kind of what your expectations are, mm-hmm. at least for sure. Absolutely. But they're moving on this week. Um, I just had it pulled up. I'm pulling it back up right now. They're going out to Sonoma Raceway. That's another road course. So they had Coda Road Course. Coke 600, Oval, now we're going to another road course out in Sonoma. That's one they've gone to several times. Yes. That'll be a fun one, and it's always very interesting with the uh, the, the few of the little extra turns I added in over since about three or four years ago. So yeah. that'll be fun as well. But Absolutely. who knows? We might be talking about another Hendrick driver winning next week. So. It, uh, well, one thing's for sure. It wouldn't surprise me at It all. wouldn't surprise me one bit. All right, Cody, you know, people are probably a little thrown off that we, you know, not release an episode till Saturday, but I think it was a blessing in disguise this week because of yes. some monumental news that came out in not just the world of college basketball, but just the world of sports, period. Oh, yes. Um, you know, and coming from a Carolina fan that's about <laughs> to talk about this a lot, I mean, I'm going to say a lot of it from an unbiased point of view, then I'll get a little biased at the end, but... um. Coach Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, yes. he announced that after this coming basketball season, he's going to retire. Um, wow. That's that's something that, you know, I didn't think I'd ever see. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of those guys that no. I would just think, you know, he's going to coach to the day he dies. It's just going to happen that way. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, that, here. It's, that's, that's a surprise that came to me. Um, it wasn't much of a sur- surprise to our buddy Scott. I talked to him about it just a little bit in passing yesterday on the way to church. And – uh 
you know, he, he says it makes sense, but now he's going to have to uh, – Scott said he's probably going to have to uh, sell his kidney to go to the Duke Carolina game this year <laughs> just so he can oh, yes. go to Coach K's last um, Duke Carolina matchup. But, I mean, That's for sure. you know, even I mean, even for coming from a Carolina fan who, you know, has just been aggravated to death at Coach K numerous times <laughs> in my life, um, you can't help but to respect the guy oh, all, yeah. of what he's done at Duke University. Absolutely. And man. what he even did at Army West Point before that, you know, which right. a lot of people don't know. You know yeah, that he used to coach he, he Army coached, West Point. He coached, yeah. coached at West Point, too. Um, but, you know, just listen listen to this stat line, okay? okay. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And you already know it's coming. His career record, yep. 1,170 wins, 361 losses. Wow. That's combined Duke and at Army West Point. That's a .764 win percentage so over his career. So he has won over 75% of his games. Yes. That's unbelievable. Over, let's see, his first year coaching, according to this sports reference page, was 1975 at Army. So almost 50 years. Wow. Almost 50 years of coaching. That's and um, and, that's and above, and he's won over three quarters of the games he coached. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's something that's not going to be duplicated again. No, it's not. And no, I was about it, to say. I mean, you like, can you can try. I was, I was about it's to not say. Gonna happen. I was about to say you can try, but that's going to never happen again. No, ever. No, it's not. And in this day and age of college basketball, no. which uh, which the way in the game itself is changing, and the style in which you know players transferring left and right, like it's free agency every year, right. stuff like that. It's not going to happen again. Mm-mm. Especially you know just this the style of the game that it is now but to win 76 percent of your games over a 20 no excuse me over over, over almost 50 year span of yes. coaching that's something that we'll never see again no i really can go ahead and say that oh I, yeah absolutely. i don't think i'll see it with my own eyes again okay right i mean you know there there's only a few pl- duke players that i can say okay yeah they were good you know because i mean that i'd like to admit they're good they're uh, they're all of them a lot of them's been very good uh-huh. don't get me wrong but coming from a carolina fan yeah there's only a few that i'll say that okay yeah he's pretty good like zion like um tatum, tatum. and jabari parker he didn't parker. flourish too well in the nba but he's a pretty solid duke player oh too. yeah um but so he's gonna retire for this year Here's my little bias part. This is going to be the most aggravating year of college basketball for me personally because he's going on like a little, really, you know, retirement tour right. where he's just going to get free stuff everywhere he goes. Kind of like how Tipper Jones did when he retired. Yeah. That, as, even as a Braves fan, that was kind of aggravating. I mean, well, I understand what you're saying too because I remember uh, 2016 when David Ortiz retired yeah. and all the teams that they play gave him free stuff. And I remember when we went to Yankee Stadium and they gave him like a free – painting i'm like this is not supposed to happen that's right yeah i'm like this is just weird mm-hmm. it is weird <laughs> yeah but i mean just think about how quickly college basketball from us living in north carolina is changing you know we had oh, roy, we had roy williams retire and um which like that was its own thing yeah. to take in, in itself right. and then here this news just like what like a month and a half after exactly so we got hubert davis stepping in roy williams shoes which is oh, no pressure right yeah, i was about to say no and, pressure and then after next year We'll have John Shire, which is going to step in and be the predecessor for Coach K. Yes. Uh, and boy, do I know about John Shire. He's played for Duke. Yes. He played with uh, Kyle Singler. He played with Greg Paulus. Um, he played with basically one of the most aggravating teams in Duke history yeah, to watch. Much. Okay. Just if you, if you think of the classic Disney movie 
character jock jerk person that was that year of duke basketball okay <laughs> especially with those guys on yeah. there and even duke fans would be like yeah that I, I can admit that but yeah um john shire he's he's really the reason why duke basketball is the way it is now based off like how they recruit and stuff right he really started the whole one and done aspect one and done duke. thing yeah. yeah he was kind of behind all of that and uh, i think that's just going to continue um you know there's something and i'll and i'll ask you too um, with we got Hubert Davis starting this year. Yes. So Coach K, it one for one year it'll be Hubert, Hubert Davis, Davis versus and, Coach K and for Coach the, K, yes. the two rivalry games. Next year it's going to be Hubert Davis versus John Shire. John Shire, yeah. Do you think that's going to have as much flavor and much you know thrill as it would be a Roy versus Coach K? Uh, no. Not at least for uh, not not for a few years. I don't think. I mean, well, like, like it'll take time for both of them to kind of develop the rivalry, right? I mean, like, it'll definitely take time to develop that because you know, both of them are filling probably two of the biggest shoes in college basketball history. Yeah. You know, as, as far as the coaches' standpoint. Right. So, like, that's going to be really hard to fill probably for the first, like, five years or so at least. It's not going to be much of a – I mean, well, like – Not as big of a draw. I, like, it won't be as big of a draw as far as the coaches is concerned because it's not like – two legendary coaches and two legendary programs because now it's going to be focused more on just the programs and the players rather than that plus the coaches. Right. Because I think that's what made the UNC-Duke rivalry so big. I mean, obviously, even when uh, Dean Smith was still coaching at UNC, you still had like a legendary coach versus another legendary coach in Coach K. And now that that's not going to be like the set standard for UNC-Duke game, at, at least not for a pretty good while, depending on how Hubert Davis and John Shire do, it's going to be really hard to kind of to feel as, like, in it. Not for, like, the fans of the programs. Like, the UNC fans and Duke fans are going to be in it just because. But as far as, like, the college basketball world, right. it's going to be a lot harder for them to talk about it and, like, really get excited at least it because for, it's not going to be the at same. At least for a few years, yeah. Right. Because they're going to have to make it their own at the same time. Because even though, like I said, Shire's been kind of the main focal point of getting the one-and-done style of play at Duke. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's just going to it's gonna take a while for them to make it their little program too, um, just especially after. I mean, I think Shire's got a little bit more to, to make it his own than, right. than Hubert does the, with then, Roy. Than Hubert Davis, Because yes. Roy kind of just he, – he, even though he made it his own, he did a lot based off what he learned from Dean Smith too. Right. Right. Because, you know, there were two coaches in between Dean Smith and Roy Williams, too. It wasn't right. Roy, Roy was um, off in Kansas for um, a good um, while. It wasn't Dean Smith's trait to Roy. Right. Because you know, Roy was in Kansas, like you said, yeah. for a long time. So, but um, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, But, yeah, this is going to be the most aggravating. <laughs> like, if, you thought, if you thought ESPN was it's over. It's going to be strange. If you thought ESPN was overboard when, when Zion was at Duke, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. You're here for a whole world of hurt if you don't think this is going to be oh, I know. all Coach K. All, all season long. long on ESPN, it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, and it's probably already started. Okay, wouldn't surprise me. So, whew. so that's yeah. So that's the nicest. I'm going to talk about Duke for about <laughs> the next year at least. Okay, <laughs> so, so there you go. But I mean, it's going to be you know, I, I, it's going to be different this year. Watch Carolina with Hubert Davis. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for him. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, same here. But then it's going to look really strange. It's, it's going to be look, next year. It's going to look really weird once Coach K is out. Yes, absolutely for and, sure. And if you ever need a good laugh. Okay. okay. Just Google John Shire face. Okay. And John look, Shire face. Look at the faces that he would make mid-game. Because you know where they take action shots of the game. Oh, yeah. Every one of his faces. Priceless. They're <laughs> hilarious. So, if you ever get bored, go ahead and Google John Shire face. Well, um, if nothing else, 
one thing that John Shire is going to bring for Duke's a lot of memes. Yes. Because of his faces. Well, he already has, and I'm pulling one up right now, and I know people on listening in their little earbuds and in their cars won't be able to see it for themselves, but they can Google it and see the because this is the first one that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> so I know this isn't good radio, good audio, but yeah, so y'all just Google John Shire face. The first one popped up. That's what we just saw. Yep. So yeah. And, and every single one of them, just like that. Every <laughs> single one of them. And for y'all that followed Carolina Duke games for as long as y'all been alive, you can just already envision it. Whether you don't even have to Google it. So yeah. Right. Old Twitch face. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Neil. Instead of talking about Major League Baseball, let's talk about some NCAA baseball. Yeah, let's some do college it. College baseball. Because I'm still on my high, high horse that college baseball needs to be talked about more. Because of course, this is the type. Of, this is the oh, time. Oh yeah, same this here. Is, this is the time of year where it's talked about a lot because they're in the regionals and they're in the regionals, the and then it'll be going to Omaha. But, and yeah, all that kind yeah. Of but stuff. I, I won't get on. I won't get on my soapbox like I did last week. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it it definitely needs to be talked about more. So let's Absolutely. let's help the cause and talk about it some. For the cause. That's right. That's right. Yeah, for the cause for sure. But it is official. The regionals are about to start for college baseball, or by the time this podcast comes out, they'll probably just started. But there is something that is really cool for people who listen to this podcast in the state of North Carolina, which mm-hmm. is probably most of you. Right. And Minus the 1% in Ireland and 1% and, in and, UK and all and, that. And yeah. UK and England <laughs> and all that, yes. But that is the fact that six Division One teams from North Carolina are going to be in the NCAA regional tournaments. Yep. Six teams from North Carolina, which is the most out of any one state, so it's more than California, more than Florida, more than the states you'd probably expect, which is obviously really cool to see. And that just shows kind of like what you and Parrish talked about last week. That just shows that baseball in North Carolina is getting bigger and, yeah. and growing. You know, in college sports in North Carolina is becoming more known than just for college basketball. Yeah. Spe- speaking of us talking about college baseball last week, yeah. um, I, me and Parrish would like to personally take credit for the curse that we put on UNC Charlotte baseball. Uh, because they went, in, they came in on a huge momentum, yeah. okay, and we talked them up, and then they just dropped a dud in their conference tournament, okay, <laughs> because they were on track to host the Charlotte Regional, yep. okay, and they lost back to back, so they got knocked out early and just, I mean, dropped a goose egg, and now they're having to basically fight a little bit harder because I'm pretty sure they're in the Greenville Regional, yes. if I'm not wrong, over in ECU, so. Uh yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, so, are, yeah. so if if anybody wants to blame anybody for the quick demise of UNC Charlotte and their it's conference, your fault. it's mine and Parrish's fault. It's, yep. it's your fault, man. Yeah. It's all your fault. I'll but but take anyway. The blame. <laughs> uh but talking about UNC Charlotte, like I said, they're one of six teams in North Carolina that are going that are playing in these regional tournaments. It's UNC Charlotte from the Conference USA, mm-hmm. and then you got three teams from the ACC, UNC Duke and NC State. Duke's the ACC champion. And Duke is the ACC champion. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you got Campbell from the Big South. Yep. Which is obviously pretty cool to That's see. That's very cool. And then you got, obviously, like you just mentioned a minute ago, you got East Carolina, who went really far last year as well. Mm-hmm. Not last year, two years ago. The last time there was a big playoff regionals and NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. like, they went really far, and they did a really good job, for sure. But so... But that's definitely pretty cool to see all these college teams in North Carolina doing so well, as well as just all the other teams that are doing really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, something I want to point out is, you know, one of the guys we've had on this show before? Yeah. Andrew? So he's one of the coaches at 
at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, mm-hmm. and they actually won the Atlantic 10 Conference Championship, and so they're going to be in the regionals That's as well. That's awesome. So congratulations to you, Andrew Llewellyn, and I hope that y'all do really well in the NCAA tournament. I didn't text him yet, but I probably will after this That's really podcast cool. is over. But Absolutely. So I'm definitely happy for him and his program. I just hope they do well in the tournament as well. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, man. I just thought that was kind of cool to mention. That's very cool to mention. Yeah, mention that real quick. But there's also something else I want to mention. Okay. Now, this is not Division I college baseball. This is Division II college baseball. And that is the fact that if you are from the Union County, North Carolina area, or you're just like me and just have been to Wing University multiple times. I used to work there. Huh? Used to work there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, just takes you to <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But anyway, so you would know that Wingate University is going to the Division II College World Series in Cary, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And the way it works for Division II is that you have your conference tournaments and you have the regional tournaments, and then all the winners of the regional tournaments meet in the College World Series. That's right. how it works for Division II. Right. So there are eight different regions in the in the country for Division Two, and Wingate won the Southeast Regional Championship on Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, which me and my dad went to, and that was a lot of fun to go watch them win that, obviously. But this is the first time in program history that Wingate is going to be going to the College World Series, and they're going to be a sixth seed, I believe. Mm-hmm. And their first game is actually going to be on Sunday. Yep. So that's definitely really cool to see the college that – I'm going to be going to in the fall is going to the college world series, especially because, you know, I was having out the baseball program for the last four years. So right. I kind of see them go this far mm-hmm. is obviously, you know, really awesome for me to yeah. go see it. And, con- and just congratulations to coach Gregory and all the other coaches and the players that are going to be playing in the college world series. I will unfortunately not be able to attend the game on Sunday, but I will try to make it to the game on Tuesday. Cause it's a, because best of three, it's a double, a double elimination. elimination. Okay. I mean, like, how it works for this is that there's two four-team brackets. Okay. And, you know, the winners of each bracket go to the championship, and then the championship is best two out of three. Okay. So it's kind of similar to, to you know. To D1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's two four-team brackets. We're the six seed, so we're going to be playing the three seed, Angelo State, in, and they're in Texas. So. Nice. Kind of funny. Well, team. I know you're a lower seed, but at least you don't have to travel far. Right. You know? So you oh, still have the aspect of kind of being close to home. Because Carrie's a few hours away, if that. I think I checked the GPS from our house to there, and it's like two and a half hours. Oh, that's not bad at all. Mm-mm-mm. So even though we're not at home, we got a home field advantage compared to all the other teams in the tournament. Right. Which is definitely really cool. Yes, sir. For sure. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. And and I just really hope I didn't pull the Neil and Parrish and just curse my team. <laughs> I hope not either. I hope I didn't just do that. But anyway... That's all the talk I got for college baseball. What? Yeah. Not really too much because the games haven't started yet. Right. But I just thought it was really cool to mention all the North Carolina teams doing well, and obviously just all the teams that made it to the, and just all the teams that made it to the NCAA regionals. And I just hope that we're in for a really good college World Series because it, it looks because it was like definitely it. missed last year. Yeah, it, it looks like I, I'm definitely going to try to watch some of it, as much of it as I can. Oh yes. Because I mean, even at the beach next week at Holden, which I'll be on vacation next week. Um, like when Graham's taking a nap, I'm going to volunteer to be on nap duty so I can go inside and watch, you know, a little bit of College World Series just because, I mean, we got some really good teams in, in D1 oh, too, yeah. and got in the regionals and stuff. I mean, Absolutely. The, the, the number one overall seed is Arkansas. They finished 46-10. and 10. They only lost 10 games. 
And that, in yeah. baseball, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, you got Arkansas, Texas, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Arizona, TCU, Mississippi State, and Texas Tech. Those are like the top eight seeds. And even the teams that blow them, I mean, their their records are phenomenal too. Now, granted, Texas is playing the team that just happened to do really good in their conference tournament, they, but they're coming in with a losing record. They're playing Southern, who finished 20 and 28. So, you know, if there's if there's a Cinderella team, there's your team yep. right there is Southern University. Um, but, you know, you got great matchups in each regional. Like, you got South Carolina playing UVA. You got uh, Gonzaga playing. They're not, they're, Gonzaga is a two-seed in baseball. Yeah, I, I was about to say, that's so weird to talk about them in a sport other than basketball. right and that and that's why i love college baseball so yeah. much because you get teams like this and like in the next regional in fayetteville arkansas you got the razorbacks who are like the number one overall seed uh-huh. they're playing the new jersey institute of technology okay <laughs> but i mean it sounds hilarious but it's so cool at right the same yeah time. you got them it's you so got cool. uh you got oregon state playing dallas baptist i talked about them last week yeah and dallas baptist somehow always gets in the regionals um, it's just all these fun matchups, East Carolina and Norfolk State, Charlotte and Maryland. That's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. That's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, that's going to be a ton of fun to watch that game. Duke and Liberty. Okay, you got, you yeah. got this, this the ultimate showdown, Baptist versus Methodist. Let's go, baby. <laughs> who, get, who, who gets to the buffet first? We're about to find out. Okay? It's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to all this college baseball, oh. and it's, it's, it's going to be a great time. And I think, Absolutely, I, I, think man, I'll, sure. I think I'll leave my points with, with that. That sounds good, man. That sounds pretty awesome, man, and and uh, and that's definitely something I'm gonna be looking forward to watching these uh, college baseball games over the next few weeks. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, cool deal. Well, that, that's all I got too. You want to do our minor league baseball team of the week before we head out? All right, man. Sure, let's do it. This week's minor league baseball team of the week is the Harrisburg Senators, Cody. They're the Double uh, A team for the Nationals. Oh, there yeah. you go. Which you know is cool because the old team in Washington, way back when, was the Washington Senators. Washington Senators. Yeah. Do you know who the Washington Senators are today? The Washington Nationals? No. no. Nope. Yeah, who are they? Like, as, nope. I was about to say, as soon as I said that, I knew it was wrong. Who are they? They are the Texas Rangers. Yes. Yeah, so the That's Rangers, right. before moving to Dallas, Arlington area, they were the Washington, the Washington Senators, Senators yep. which I think is kind of cool. They kind of went from one government thing to a Ranger thing, like, you know, like the police and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's really cool. Uh, I mean, because the Washington Nationals used to be the Montreal Expos. Correct. Yes. That's right. And so, yeah, so this is the AA uh, team. They're in the AA Northeast. And the double-A team for the Washington Nationals, they're located in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And they play their home games at FNB Field, which is probably First National Bank. Probably. Located on City City Island in Harrisburg. Um, that field opened in 1987 and has a seating capacity of 6,187 people. So, if you want to be uh, – So, basically, if the race game I went to was played there, it would be a packed house. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> well, if you think about percentage-wise, it would be like 200 people there. Yeah. But um, this team, they uh, started out in 87. I'm sure their name was different. It doesn't say on this Wikipedia page. But they started out as affiliate for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Makes sense because they're in Pennsylvania. Yep. Then they moved on to being a team with the Expos until the Expos moved to D.C., in right. 2005 and became the Nationals, and now they are the Harrisburg Senators. Their colors are red, navy blue, gold, and white. Um, they have several mascots. They, um, well, right now they have Rascal. They have Grounder. It says Grounder. I don't know if it's, it's got to be some kind of animal. I guess. Um, they have Uncle Sam, and they've had some other ones as well that looks like they've, they've gone away. But a cool thing about this team, Cody, yeah. is they are the only team – only team minor league baseball to have a life-size bobblehead hall of fame 
So, you know, bobbleheads are huge in baseball, just like baseball cards. Yes. You know, football cards, basketball cards, those are cool, but it's nothing like a baseball card. Right. Same thing with bobblehead. Bobbleheads are, you know, that's their main thing is baseball. So, this team, the Harrisburg Senators, at their ballpark, they have a life-size bobblehead hall of fame okay and so they started this tradition in 2016 by recognizing the truly great players from their history in a unique way the one and only world famous life-size bobblehead hall of fame these enshrined senators legends will each receive their very own life-size bobblehead and the life-size bobbleheads will be on permanent display at fnb field with each bobblehead holding a commemorative plaque and the senators plan to enshrine one player each year so right now in the life size bobblehead hall of fame they have vladimir guerrero yep. cliff floyd because those are two you know great expos players yes. bryce harper that makes sense uh matt stairs played for the expos brandon phillips played for the expos oh brandon phillips mm-hmm. that's cool steven strasberg nationals yep. jamie carroll he played for the expos yep. and ryan zimmerman so those are the ones that are in the life-size bobblehead hall of fame so so, I put, so it cool. sounds like they have to fit the criteria they played for the harrisburg team and yes. then went on to the major leagues and played really good careers so that's yes. that's a really cool thing yeah, you know man, well you just go over their like logos and their mascots and stuff but when i saw that i was like, oh, i gotta mention that so but that's one of the that's one of the weirdest and coolest Hall of Fames probably ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. I, I would love to see that. Oh, yeah, same person. here. That'd be cool. That'd be that awesome. makes That reminds me of, uh, there used to be a thing, it was like the the President Walkway or something up near D.C. It's it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Right. But they they, they had these giant, um, like, statue busts of each uh, president. You just walk by them, and they were huge, like, huh. l- larger than life-size, almost like a mini Mount Rushmore for each president. That's what right. it kind of made me think of. But, yeah, That's so cool. there's your minor league baseball team of the week. Well, that sounds awesome, man. That sounds great, and that's definitely something I, I definitely would want to check out someday. That, yeah, absolutely. That life-size bobblehead collection, that's That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. For sure. Absolutely. Well, that's our show, y'all. Um, Cody, good to have you back. Absolutely. And it's so man. good, good to, to have you, good, so good to have you back that I'll be gone next week. Oh. <laughs> so, so next Why week, are you leaving me after <laughs> I just came back? I know, right? So next week, I'll be at Holden Beach on family vacation, yep. uh, which I'm very much looking forward to, especially being able to be gone the whole week and not have to worry about you know using vacation hours to work because, I mean, I guess right now I'm unemployed, but we'll, yeah. I'm still employed by the church, and I'm going to be working with my father-in-law during the summer, so I'm still employed i'm not i'm not right. you know living off the government or anything like that just yet don't plan to unless i have to yes but um i'll be going on vacation next week looking forward to that y'all have a great rest of your week cody will be back with you next week and then we'll both be back the week after yep uh, as the summer just continues to ramp up and oh i know it's it's it's, it's up, great man. and so and, busy. and it's so glad i'm so glad to see that it's almost completely opposite how last summer was you know yeah, just yeah at, i know where we are in the world right now so but y'all enjoy some sports this weekend um watch you some college baseball because yes, i told you so and go tell somebody about jesus y'all stay safe bye